Narayanam Namaskaracha Naramche Bhagavatam Devim Sarasvatim Vyasam Tatojayamudiraya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 6, Chapter 9, Chapter Entitled, The Appearance of the Demon, Ritrasura, Text Number 38. Saevihi punasava vastuni vastu sarupa saveshwaraha sakala jagat karana karana bhuta sava pratyak atmavat sarva gunabhaso palakshita Eka eva payava sheshitaha. So we'll just do the word for word. Saha. He. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. Eva. Indeed. He. Certain. Puna. Again. Sāvavastuni, in everything, material and spiritual. Vastu Surupa, the substance. Sāva Ishvaraha, the controller of everything. Sakala Jagat, of the whole universe. Karana, causes. Karana Bhuta, existing as the cause. Sava Prachak Atmavat, because of being the super soul of every living being, or being present in everything, even the atom. Savaguna, of all the effects of the material modes of nature, such as intelligence and the senses. Abhasa, by the manifestations. Upalakshita, perceived. Eka, alone. Eva, indeed. Payavasheshita, left remaining. Translation purple by His Divine Grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Shlapanda. Without deliberation, one will see that the Supreme Soul, although manifested in different ways, is actually the basic principle of everything. The total material energy is the cause of the material manifestation. But the material energy is caused by Him. Therefore, He is the cause of all causes, the manifester of intelligence and the senses. He is perceived as the Super Soul of everything. 
without him, everything would be dead. You, as that super soul, the supreme controller, are the only one remaining. <coughs> the word Sada Vastuni, Vastu Swarupa, indicate that the Supreme Lord is the active principle of everything, as described in the Brahma Samhita. Ekyo Pyaso Rachi, Rachayitum Jagat Andakotin. I worship the personality of Godhead Govinda, who enters the existence of every universe and every atom by one of his plenary portions, and thus manifests his infinite energy throughout the material creation. By, the, by his one plenary portion as Paramahma, Antiyami, the Lord is all-pervaded throughout the unlimited universes. He is the Pratyak, or Antiyami, of all living entities. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 13.3, Shetvagyam Abhima Vidi Savashit Shetreshu Bharata. O Sion of Bharata, you should understand that I am the knower of all bodies. Because the Lord is the super soul, he is the active principle of every living entity and even the atom. Andantara Sta Paramanu. Chayantarasam. He is the actual reality. According to various stages of intelligence, one realizes the presence of the Supreme in everything through the manifestation of his energy. The entire world is permeated by the three gunas, and one can understand his presence according to one to one's modes of nature. Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadhan Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakti Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So these are very powerful prayers and they're addressing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Bhagavatam is full of philosophy. Uh, what is the philosophy of the Bhagavatam? The Bhagavatam is glorifying 
the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, you have to understand what the Bhagavatam is about. Uh, how do you understand what the Bhagavatam is about? Uh, you have to always go back to its uh, origin. Now, it is said, the Parivasa Sutra, the Parivasa Sutra is a verse which is in every scripture, which is said to be the seed verse for the scripture, uh, or what we call the governing verse, or the emperor verse. Uh, one verse which the whole scripture is expanding upon. Uh, so just like in the Nectar of Devotion, uh, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Uh, in the Nectar of Devotion, uh, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, we see uh, there is uh, uh, the verse which is said to be the governing verse for the whole Nectar of Devotion. And Yavilashita Shunyam, Yanakamadyanabritam, Anukuyani, Krishnana Shivana, Bhakti Uttama. Right? Now that verse is, is the precise and perfect definition given by Rupa Goswami himself. You can't put your back to the deeds. Yeah, no, to Krishna. You can't put your back to them. You have to sit like silent. I didn't Okay, good. Good. So, uh, that is the perfect definition of devotional service. Uh, what is devotional service? Devotional service means uh, to serve Krishna purely. Right? That is the definition which Rupa Goswami gives. So we need to understand what is pure devotional service from Rupa Goswami himself, uh, from uh, our most, one of our most prominent acharyas. How do we serve Krishna? Because we're all interested to serve Krishna. We're all interested to please Krishna. Okay? But to please Krishna and to serve Krishna, you have to know uh, how to do that? What is the definition? Uh, so he says, Anyabhilashita Shunya. Uh, devotional service must be devoid of other desires. In other words, if you're serving Krishna, but you're serving him because you want something else, that's not pure devotional service. Right? Because Krishna is a person. Uh, Bhagavan. Bhagavan means he's a person. You're, you're also a person. Are you a person? Hands up if you are a person. Okay, just check. Not everyone believes that. Some people believe we're just energy or light. Some people believe that. But uh, we are, in our philosophy, we are a people, a person. So we don't like it when someone comes to us just because they want something. We don't like it. Someone does something for you but you know they're only doing it because they want something back in return. No, none of us like that. Krishna doesn't like it either. You're doing something for him, but you're doing it for him <laughs> because you want something in return. This is called Vanik mentality. Vanik means merchant. I have a shop. You can come into the shop you can take things from the shop, but you have to give me something in return. Uh, where is the shop where you go and you can just have whatever you want? It's all free. And the shop owner says, take, what, take whatever you want. No, it's yours. Just take it. You don't have to give me anything. And you're my friend. Just take whatever you want. So where is that shop? 
Right? In the material world, everything is done because there is a motivation, an exchange. You want something. Uh, so because of that then, uh, that is not the way to serve Krishna. In other words, it's called Vanik mentality. Krishna, I will serve you, uh, but I want a wife. Or I want a husband. Or I want a Mercedes Benz. Right? Or I want the planet Earth. Or I want to rule this universe. Uh, like Durga Maharaj, she came to Krishna. He said, I will serve you, but I want the universe. Now, Krishna can easily give all these, all these things. It's easy for Krishna. Uh, you want the universe? Krishna says, here, take it, no problem. Uh, you want a Mercedes Benz? Here, I'll give you ten. What's the problem? Uh, Krishna can give you all these things. But then you are a fool if that's what you are asking for from Krishna. Because he can give you so much more. Uh, it's you have to be free from desires. Why do you serve Krishna? Just because you want to make Krishna happy. That's it. Nothing else. Krishna, I just want to make you happy. Are you happy? Then I am happy. That's it. Uh, so often we do our service, uh, but it is attached to name, fame, and recognition. Uh, or fortune. Yeah. You can say name, fame, we want recognition. Uh, people recognize, oh, you did the service, oh, you did it so nicely. Look at me, I'm doing the service. Everyone can see I am doing it. Uh, sometimes we do service like that. That's not pure devotional service. You can do it like that. And Krishna will accept it. And, and it will attract Krishna a little bit, but it will not capture his heart. Uh, so pure devotional service means anyabilashita shunyam, jnana kama jnabhitam. It has to be free from karma, jnana, and other uh, motivations. Anukul yena, Krishna no shilanam, bhakti uttama. Anukul, anukul means favorable. You have to do Krishna favorably, not pratikul. Pratikul means unfavorable. Anukul means favorable. Uh, devotional service, the acharyas describe, it must have two elements. Devotional service must be favorable and pleasing to Krishna. It has to be both, otherwise it's not pure. Uh, favorable means you're doing because you want to do it. Just like after class, who, who is going to clean the temple room after class? Uh, who is going to clean the temple room? Uh, someone will do it, it's a seva. But you can do it, you can come in and say, oh, why do I have to do it? Why doesn't someone else do it? I always have to do it. Uh, the other people don't do it properly. Uh, I want to do something else. Uh, why isn't the camera on me showing everyone that I'm doing it? Uh, uh, why don't I get more to eat? Uh, there's no avocado or toast for breakfast. Uh, so you might be thinking so many things. You know, I'm doing the service, but... It's not favorable. That's not pure devotion. Pure devotion must be fair. I want to do it for Krishna. I will do my best for Krishna. Whatever the service I get, I will do the best I can for Krishna. That is pure devotion. And it must be pleasing to Krishna. You can, do, you can do service, you can do it favorably, but is Krishna happy? Uh, just like I told uh, many times. One time we came, you know, people leave things here, near the Hundi. 
so that people put money in the box in the hundi. You know, we used to have a hundi there, a uh, donation box. When we put glass on it, the donations doubled. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Into, yeah, this is true. It doubled when you put glass on it. People, because when they see it, right, then people go, oh, oh, everyone gives money here. So they put more in. <laughs> and when we, when we clean it out every uh, week, you see, like I think it's been cleaned out yesterday, we always leave the big knots near the, the front of the glass. <laughs> right? Because whoever comes in, we do. We do it on purpose. Because whoever comes in, they think, oh, I was going to give five, or they give 50. Okay, I'll give you. <laughs> right. Right. So that's, that's why we do like that. So they have the hundi there. Right? And you put the, the money in. But then sometimes people put the other things there. They put milk, and they put rice, and they put dal, and they put different, different things. So one time we came, this is maybe 25 years ago or something. We came, and there was a box. Nice box. We go, oh, okay. So we took the box and we took it into a paraphernalia and we opened it to see well, what did they offer to Krishna. Right? Cigars. Because when you like someone in this Western world, you know, you have a baby or something, you give them a cigar. Or have a cigar. You know. So the person came, they were favorable. Right? They had good intent. Or oh, they thought this was a nice gift for Krishna. But one problem, not pleasing. To Krishna. Krishna doesn't smoke cigars. Right? Krishna plays a flute. Right? You see Krishna holding the flute, he doesn't hold the cigar. <laughs> you don't see Krishna hold cigar. Right? Because cigar is tamagun. Tamagun means mode of ignorance. Right? Flute is sattvagun. Vishuddha sattva, pure goodness. Right? So Krishna does not play. So, Bhakti must be favorable and pleasing. You have to do the right thing, but you also have to know what you're doing. That's why we have gurus. Tadviri pranipatena pariprashtena sevaya ubhidekshanti te You will only understand the truth, the truth how to serve Krishna and how to please Krishna by being trained by gurus. Right? That's why you need advanced association. You need senior devotees who tell you. Now what do the senior devotees tell you? Bow down properly. Uh, don't sit with your back to the knees. Uh, this is what the senior devotees do. You need training. Because everyone has good intent, but maybe you don't know what to do. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Nectar of Devotion, uh, chapter 8 is well, offenses to be avoided. Uh, chapter 8. Right? 64 offenses to be avoided. You have to study these things. Uh, because if you don't know, there's 64 ways that you can offend Krishna. So you have to know what is the right way. What does Krishna like? He says, bow down properly. Right? Also, it says, interesting, uh, it says, don't bow down on one hand. Sometimes you see the Bhagavad Gita, the chanting japa, come in, you know, bow down on one hand. No, Krishna doesn't want that. You have to put your beads down. And you say, oh, that's inconvenient. Yeah, well, you're dealing with God. Right? So if you have a problem, you take it to Him. 
<laughs> right? And what will he say to you? Well, what is your problem? <laughs> Take your piece and put it down, bow down, get back up, and then... It actually says, when you offer dandavat, when you offer obeisances, nine, tar- nine parts of the body must touch the ground. What are the nine parts? Right? Two feet, two knees, how many is that? Four. Okay. Uh, two elbows, two hands, how many is that? Eight. Okay. Eight, right? And then one head. That is obeisances, right? When you, all of that is on the ground. It means you're giving everything to Krishna. Huh? So you see, if you just do this thing where you just go like this, you know, Prabhupada actually, when devotees giving it, Prabhupada said, what are you doing? Like this. Prabhupada said it was like, what did he call it? It was quite funny, I can't remember how he described it. It was something like a woodpecker or something. <laughs> yeah, the woodpecker goes like that. <laughs> That's not offering basis, That's all the Shastra says. Basically, I mean, you have to do it properly. In Kali Yuga, first, first chapter of Bhagavatam says, uh, there's one verse described Kali Yuga, it says, everyone is lazy. Uh, everyone is lazy. Misguided, unfortunate, and above all, always disturbed. Uh, this is Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga ki? <laughs> Everyone in Kali Yuga is always disturbed, above all. But in between, they're lazy as well. And devotees get lazy. Oh, you know, why do I have to bow down on uh, nine parts of my body? What is wrong with seven? Why can't I just do five and a half? Why can't I just... Because that's what will happen in Kali Yuga. Otherwise, in Kali Yuga, as time goes by, people will just walk in the temple and they'll just go... (laughs) They're lazy. They'll do it. Oh, Prabhuji, oh, Prabhu, my back is sore. Oh, oh Prabhuji. <laughs> yeah, and then, oh, oh, that is too much. I just do this. You think Kali Yuga will happen? Will happen like that? That's why we have to keep the standards. That's why there are standards. Krishna says. Right? Prabhupada says there are rules, there are small rules, and if you do not follow them, where is the proof that you love Krishna? Krishna asks you to do something, you don't do it, where's the proof of your love? Prabhupada said, if I told you all the rules, you would faint. Prabhupada didn't give us that much. You know, he gave us something. And devotees even struggled just doing that. But it's not so much. But just so, soon we have Chatumasya. When does Chatumasya begin? Does anyone know? <laughs> Okay, let's all speculate. Okay, I, I will say, it will start soon. <laughs> it will start soon. It's always in the middle of the year. Chatomasha. It's on the point of the It must be soon. Uh, it's on the Vasha, maybe it's in two weeks. or It's coming up. Or it's in six weeks. It's soon. So Chatomasha means for four months, you have to follow some rules and regulations. First month. Right? If you follow it strictly, there are so many rules, so many regulations. But Prabhupada just say very simple. First month, you don't eat suck, right? Green leafy vegetables suck, right? Uh, second month, we don't eat dahi. Then uh, yogurt, yogurt. Then uh, dud milk. 
And then finally, we're at Dal. Right? Four months. That's all. It's not hard. Right? I find the milk one a little bit hard. Yeah, I find that a little bit. The other ones, they're not so stupid. The milk one, yeah, it's a little bit hard. Uh, Urd Dal. Urd Dal. Urd Dal. Urd Dal is um, Hoppadon's <coughs> South Indian thing. Uh, Italy, some. So, this is what we do not eat for four months. So, what is the second month? Yeah. No dahi, no yogurt. Right? <laughs> one devotee said to me one time, he said, So we can have lassi? Because <laughs> lassi is half water, half yogurt. And, and I said to him, You, you can't have it. It's, 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 a, it's a yogurt bath. He said, but it's not yogurt. <laughs> it's it's lassi. It's like, but, come on. <laughs> you got yogurt, you put some water in it and say it's not yogurt anymore. You know, what is that? Right? This is what devotees are like in Kali Yuga. Right? Or one devotee, he was making uh, you know, the third month, no milk. So then he put uh, made a milkshake with berries and he said, it's, it's not milk, it's milkshake. <laughs> right? what's, what's this? This is Kali Yuga. Everyone's lazy. Right? So if you act like this, then you will not please Krishna. Devotional service must be uh, favorable and pleasing. Then, then it is Uttama Bhakti. That is Rupa Goswami's definition of Uttama Bhakti, pure devotional service. Uttama Bhakti means... It doesn't, Uttama Bhakti means it doesn't, matter you, it doesn't mean you don't have material desires. Right? Hands up if you have material desires. Nearly everyone. Right? We've all got material desires. Yeah, I've got material desires. We all have material desires. But if we do not act on them, that is considered pure devotional service. Then you're a pure devotee. So now you can walk around telling everyone, I'm a pure devotee. <laughs> I am a pure devotee. I have material I don't act on them, I am pure. You can offer your obeisances to me, I am pure. <laughs> yeah. We should not think like that. Right? But it, it, that is the definition. The definition is okay, you have, but you do not act on it. You please Krishna to the best of your ability, and uh, that is pure devotional service. So this is the Paribhasa Sutra. So when you read the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the nectar of devotion, this verse is the governing verse. So if you're trying to understand what is this book about, you just go back to that verse. It is expanding on that verse. Things you should do, things you should not do. Vidhi nisheta. Do these things. Do not do these things. That's what bhakti is. Always remember Krishna and never forget Krishna. How do you remember Krishna? You do the vidhi, you do the favorable things. How do you not forget Krishna? You avoid the negative things. It's as simple as that. Right? Then, uh, for the Bhagavatam, the Paribhasa Sutra is Ete Chamsa Kala Pumsa, Krishna's true Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna's true Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, when you study these uh, 12 cantos, how many chapters are there? 12 cantos? How many chapters? Right. It's around about 330. Right. How many verses? Around about 18,000. Right. So when you're studying Bhagavatam, 
and you're studying 18,000 verses, 330 chapters, 12 cantos. And sometimes you think, what is this about? What is the context? You go back to that original verse. Krishna is the Supreme Lord. This is what it is elaborating upon. The whole thing is teaching us that. So in this verse, we're hearing the prayers that Krishna is the Karana, Karana. Lord Brahma says this in Brahma Samhita, which is also the Paribhasa Sutra for the Brahma Samhita. Uh, Ishvara Parama Krishna, Satchitananda Vigraha, Anadya Adi Govinda, Sava Karana Karana. Right? That verse is the Paribhasa. The Brahma Samhita has 100 chapters. At the moment, we only have one chapter. Lord Chaitanya found it in South India when he was traveling. Right? We only have one chapter. There's actually a hundred, but we, they've been lost. So we have one chapter, and that one chapter has the uh, Paribhasa Sutra in it, right? which is the governing verse for the, the book. So, Sava Karana Karana means Krishna is the cause of all causes. That's what's being said here in this verse. <coughs> Everything is caused by Krishna. Who caused me? Why am I here? Because of my parents. Right? My mother and father, they got married, they had me. But then who caused them? My grandparents. Who caused them? My great-grandparents. And then you go back, 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 back. Who caused them? And then you go back, 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 back. And then you get to Manu. Manu progenit- uh, was the progenitor right, for the universe. And you go back. Where did Manu come from? Brahma. Then you go back. Where did Brahma come from? Gavadakshay Vishnu. Then go back. Where did he come from? Karanadakshay Vishnu. Yeah, Mahavishnu. Where did he come from? Sankashan. Where did Sankashan come from? Balaram. Where did Balaram come from? Krishna. Where did Krishna come from? Nobody knows. He was just always there. That is called Bhagavan. God. That is Krishna. You have to find the cause of all causes. Right? There is a cause for everything. Right? Where did I come from? Someone caused me to come here. My parents. Right? But who was the cause of that? Their parents. Who was the cause? Cause of all causes. You stop at Krishna, then there's nothing else. Right? And you get to Krishna, and then you say, Krishna, who caused you? Right? And Krishna says, I am everything. Krishna says in Gita, I am the cause of everything. Everything comes from me. If you say that, you must be God. Or, you're a crazy person. There's only two chances, or two possibilities. A crazy person could say that. You know, you can meet someone in the street who says, I am the cause of everything. Everything comes from me. And you say, I don't think so. You have to prove it. Krishna says, I am the cause of everything. Everything comes from me. Can you prove it? There's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence that suggests that it could be true. In the 11th chapter of the Gita, he shows his universal form for Rabu. But at least do that. You know, if you're going to walk down the street and say, I'm the cause of everything, at least show us a Rabu or something. I'm showing it to you, but you do not have the eyes to see it. People say, 
I am showing it to you now, but you cannot see it. Oh, okay. That's it. Uh, I can show it to you, but I don't want to scare you. I won't be scared to show it. I mean, I will be scared, but... <laughs> but just show it. Prove it. Uh, Krishna, there's a lot of proof, actually. There's a lot of proof that Krishna is. So this is saying, Sava Karana Karana. Krishna is the cause of all causes. That's what we believe. That's what the Bhagavatam asserts. So, uh, as we read through this verse, uh, it describes at the end, it's a very nice uh, purport uh, that Prabhupada gives us. Uh, According to various stages of intelligence, one realizes the presence of the Supreme in everything through the manifestation of His energy. Different stages of intelligence. What does this mean? Uh, huh? uh, yeah, that's, that's one definition. Yeah, but Prabhupada's referring to the gunas. Uh, to the gunas. Uh, it means intelligence and ignorance, intelligence and passion, and intelligence and goodness. Right? There are different types of intelligence. You see people in the world, they have different types of intelligence. Intelligence and ignorance. Now, if you're in the mode of ignorance, you can be very intelligent, but you're just going to use your intelligence for causing problems. High IQ, low EQ. Yeah, high <laughs> IQ, low EQ. I don't even know what EQ is. But Emotional. Emotional, yeah. You have high e- low EQ. So it means that there are many people in this world that are very intelligent, but they use their intelligence to cause problems for everyone else. Right? They're very intelligent people in this world, but they're just making a big mess of it. Right? Look at the world. Is it, does it look like a happy, peaceful place? Right? There, are, there is happiness, there is peace in some places, but there's a lot of problems as well. Why is this? Because intelligence in the mode of ignorance. Or you have intelligence in the mode of passion. Rajagun. Right? Just like you see like Donald Trump. Right? You're like a famous example, very intelligent person, but, in, but too much rajagul, too much passion. Let's do this, let's do that, let's do everything's going, this is the best, it's going to be the best, this will be the best. Right? It's, 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 whole, it's passionate, right? and it doesn't solve the problems either. Just like the other day we had you know, another gun massacre in America, right? it's all over the news if you are, are aware of the news, if you watch the news. Right? So what's Donald Trump's uh, solution? Give all the teachers guns. You know, because when they, they come in, they start shooting, they teach you to go and shoot back. That's passion, right? What's motive goodness? Motive goodness is start restricting the guns. <laughs> like we did in Australia in 1996, we had a massacre. At the time, that was the biggest massacre on the planet ever. I was in Tasmania when that happened, right? And biggest massacre, what did the Australian government do? No more guns. You know, it's like a semi-automatic gun. Like, like a machine gun. Almost. You know. They said, okay, that's it. No one's having these guns. Everyone give them back now. Right? And you had to give them back. And if you didn't give them back, if they, if they found you had it, you would get a big fine, you'd go to jail. So they all, and then how many gun massacres have, have we had since then? Still that shooting. Yeah, very occasional. People give the guns back on the ones that are going to be crime. We know that. 
We know that. But well, how many massacres have we had since then? You know, I don't think we've had any more. Well, it's America. They have one every week. You know, America's supposed to be the leader of the world. It's the craziest place on the planet. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> well, the sages are saying that is for sure. <laughs> Checking what I say, everything is true. It's the craziest place on the planet. Why is this? Because of Rajagun passion. Why does everyone need a gun? Does everyone have a gun in Australia? Hands up if you have a gun. Well, you're probably not going to put your hand up. <laughs> But I, I, can, I swear on the Bhagavad Gita, I swear on the Bhagavad Gita, I do not have a gun. I've got a big knife, but I don't have a gun. <laughs> my brother gave me a big knife, like a big one like this, so I keep it under my bed. But I never use it, but it's there. But I don't have a gun. But in America, everyone's got guns. What's that? That's mode of passion. We don't know. Do you need a gun in Australia? Oh, be careful. Oh, be careful, carry a gun. Be careful when you're getting on the train now. You need a gun just in case. Yeah, in Switzerland, they're a gun. I'll give another class another time about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, yeah, it's a good point. Because uh, it, they've analysed why there's a problem in America. Why we have this shooting. It's not there in other places. Like, but anyway, that's not what the bugger time is about. What the Bhagavatam is about is saying that America is not working. It's too passionate. Right? So you have good intelligence, but too much passion causes problems. Right? So our intelligence should be in Satvagun. Satvagun means mode of goodness. Right? Because if you're intelligent in the mode of goodness, you make progress in spiritual life. Srila Prabhupada says in the Nectar of Instruction, Right, in the introduction, he says the purpose of this book is to bring you from ignorance to passion to goodness because from goodness you can reach pure goodness. Uh, so, uh, Satvagun, motive goodness, is a springboard to pure goodness. Uh, so, that's how we progress in Krishna consciousness. So you have to practice Krishna consciousness in the mode of goodness. If you're in the mode of ignorance or mode of passion, you will not advance properly. You see, devotees try to make advancement, but if you're doing it in too much ignorance, too much passion, very slow. You can make advancement very slow. If you're in the mode of goodness, you will very quickly make advancement. So it is saying here that we have to have our intelligence uh, in the mode of goodness to progress. Prabhupada says, the entire world is permeated by the three gunas. And one can understand his presence according to one's modes of nature. So you can understand Krishna when you're in the mode of goodness. Just like when people come to our temple, what do we tell them? We say chant. And then what else do we say? Aprasana. Very good. Yeah. And then we, we basically tell people, this is what we recommend. Don't eat meat. Don't have illicit sex. Don't take intoxication. And don't gamble. Because those four activities are very much in the mode of passion and it becomes. Right? 
And you cannot understand Krishna while you're doing those four things. Properly. You can understand something, but you won't properly understand. That's why we say to people, you have to give up eating meat. Okay, the other three regular principles, you know, that might take time for people. But you have to stop eating meat immediately. Otherwise, you will not understand Krishna properly. Because you will not be in the mode of goodness. If you're not in the mode of goodness, you cannot understand Krishna. Therefore, uh, as it is being said here, come to the mode of goodness, chant Hare Krishna, take Mahaprasad, dance and chant, take some rest, come back, dance, chant, repeat, do it again, go back home, back to God in this five time. Shri Prabhupada Ki! Any questions, any comments? In this universe. <laughs> yes, um, Prabhuji. From the purport, the, the last man, he said the entire world is permitted by three punas and one can understand his presence according to one's motion and nature. Yeah, that's what I was speaking of in the end. It means you have to be in the mode of goodness to practice bhakti effectively. The entire world is permeated by the three gunas. Just like right now, the three gunas are here. Right? So some devotees are more in the mode of ignorance right now. Some devotees are going on. Like that. Right, that's more mode of ignorance. You see sometimes in class, the ways Like that. That's mode of ignorance. Right? You're, you're tired. If, if I see devotees doing that, I say, go, go and take a rest. Don't do that, because it actually, one of the offenses is don't sleep in front of the deities. You can't come in front of the deities and go on. Krishna says, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Wake up. Right? So, uh, that is practicing in the mode of, good, mode of ignorance, right? Mode of passion, you might be here sitting in the class, but you're thinking, I've got to do this today, I've got to do that today, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, I'm going to be the biggest book distributor in this time, I'm going to be number one. Oh, that's mode of passion. Right? And mode of goodness means you're listening to the lecture. So mode of the three modes, as Prabhupada says, that permeated the whole universe, the whole world is entire is permeated by the three gunas. And one can understand his presence, you can understand Krishna, according to one's modes of nature. So if you're in the mode of ignorance, you're only, you're only going to understand a little bit. If you're in passion, you'll understand more. And if you're in goodness, you'll understand more. Okay. Um, just a very simple question. Yeah. Um, you know, you said, like, we shouldn't be practicing according to what's practical as well. But then, Shilakon also advises to be practical as well. So I can understand how that works as well. Sorry, what were um, You know how you were saying, like, in devotion service, like, we want to think about um, what's practical. I think that's one of the things you mentioned earlier. Um, so my question is, like, what's the balance between that, um, what we said, Krishna, without, like, a fence slope, but still being practical? I don't understand what's the, the last part. Um, Serve Krishna without 
uh, offence and not be practical, is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I'm not wording the question very correctly, maybe. Yeah, maybe give me an example or something. I don't understand that. Um, it wasn't, not, not, not necessarily an example, but like how you were mentioning earlier, which is like yeah. things, um, how everything like here, how a lot of the situations, you know, all that stuff, people like to do that, and sometimes you start necessarily all the steps in. And, um, so like, is that like we walk in the temple or is that not practical to bow down properly oh, or something? No, 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 not like that, but more like the Complicated. Um, you'd have to give me an example. Uh-huh. I understand your point, but I don't. You need to give me an example to like. What's an example of that? Um, maybe they suppose suppose an elderly person comes to go to backache. They really can't go down. Yeah. Not not going against what. Yeah, I understand. I understand. And so it's not. It's the. Krishna likes that you go down properly with your nine body parts touching the floor. Yep. But that person can't, and it's practical for him not to go down, just go. Like that, yeah. yeah. So it's that offensive. Yeah, that's, is that what you mean? Something I like that as well, I guess, but that's not Oh, okay, understand. yeah, okay, now I understand. So sometimes you've got to be practical, like that's an example of being yeah. yeah, okay, I understand that. Yeah, so that's a perfect example. So if you come in and you've got a bad back and you can't bow down, you know, Krishna's not going to say, well, you know, I'm sorry. You know, you can't go back to God yet. <laughs> you know, come back in your next life when you have a good body. You know, if, I, if I give that to you, like that. You know, so that means in your mind, because one of the 64 items of bhakti is called manasasiva, or manasapuja. So in your mind, when you come in, you bow down. That's all. Krishna is a practical person. He's more practical than us, right? And he's more merciful than us. So if he sees in your mind that you are sincere, but you can't bow down, then yeah, he will go. Oh, that's no problem. Is that what you're asking? That answers my question. It answers. Okay. Okay. This is a body problem, physical problem. So they say three types of non parts, and then six 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 parts, and Two elbows, two hands, then the head. It's always nine. Yeah, whether whether you know the Madhijis may not do dandavat because culturally it's not a done thing. But uh, you know when they bow down, they're still giving nine parts to the body. So don't don't reduce it to five. <laughs> then, it, then it will be three. Then it will be one. Then, you know you just hop into the temple one. <laughs> Any other question? What's the way of passing mode of goodness to go beyond? Say it again. What was the way of passing mode of goodness? You know how you have to go above everything, so how to go above mode of goodness? How do we go from mode of goodness to pure goodness? Yeah. yeah. So it means just by doing devotional service. Right? Because you can live in the mode of goodness. There's people in this world live in the mode of goodness. They live in the forest, you know, they have a nice uh, eco house, 
you know, on a nice piece of land, mode of goodness. But there's no bhakti. Bhakti takes you to pure goodness. So we should live in the mode of goodness, but then practice bhakti that will take us to pure goodness. So that means that devotees are beyond mode of goodness. They have to be they have to become beyond the mode of goodness. But none of us are. None of all is affected by the morals. So Krishna says in the Gita and it says in the Bhakti Shastra, practice in the mode of goodness, that will take you to the mode of pure goodness. Does it make sense? So you have a motivation because you're making something the Jagannath and then you want him to wear that. Yeah, that's okay. That's pure devotional service. That's okay. Because it's, it's pleasing to the Lord. You know, like, uh, if you make something and you give it to someone, you want them to wear it. So that's natural. And because, like, if, if, if someone makes something for me, or they give me a birthday present, like they give me a new jumper or something. And then, the next time I see them, then I think, oh, I'll wear that because that will make them happy. So Krishna is like that. So you made it for him. Then he is thinking, oh, I will wear that. So that then he will, uh, they will see I am wearing and then they will become happy. So that's pure devotional service. It's not contrary. That's okay. Any other questions? Okay, Shilaprabhupada Ki.